Welcome everyone to the Ovei Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Chav Gimel. We will begin on Chav Bet Amud Bet at the Mishnah. Today's Daf is available. Anyone who would like to get the zechut of sponsoring this Daf and all the Torah that goes with it, please give me a call. 718-213-3681. Says the Mishnah. But Yishunah in the beginning, Hayu Masi'in Masu'ot. They would lift torches. So they had the Shluchim Yotim, everyone would go out. Right? How would they wave torches? They would bring these tall things of cedar wood, very long. And they would also bring together with it, Kanim. reeds and balsam wood, and flax combings, these are things that are very flammable, they should tie them with a string. You go to the top of the mountain, and you set fire to them. They should wave it and go back and forth. Till you see a friend waving and all the other t- signals. So that's the signal. The signal, Mr. Sabag, is I have these no- tall cedar woods. I wave it till I see the guy in the next thing waving it. Then also in the next mountain, third mountain. From which mountains would they do it from? From Harazetim is the first place. The Santava to a place called Santava. We Santava le Gorfina, me Gorfina le Chavorin, me Chavorin le Bet Paltin, Bet Paltin, no Zim Misham from Bet Paltin, they wouldn't move. El Molech will be more read, Al Shiro et Kolagola le Farm Kibunzat Esh. They would stand there waving until the entire area in front of them was, which was a, a, a steep valley, was full of fire. It looked like a whole big bonfire because everyone was waving their torches. Says the my much of them is English, not the Kodhu. How do the word Masi'in means to burn? That means David burnt them. So over there in that, in that situation, David burnt the idols, and we can see from there that that's what it means. Welcome, Chaim. Tanu Rabbanan, this part you learned already, my Chaim. Just grab a Gemara and come to town. You can only do the torches for a month that was in its time. The night after. So every month, we did yesterday with Chaim, I saw this already. Every month has a possibility of 29 or 30 days. We only do the torches if it's a 29-day month. And we'll do it after the 29th day. So the 29-day month, right? Day 30 will be Rosh Chodesh. On the night of 31 is when we're going to wave the torches. Okay? So it comes to say that we only wave it on a chaser month and we will not wave it on a full month. It's so on my time, what's the reason? We're worried what happens if you have a short month, a 29-day month, and the 29th day comes down on Friday. And, right, and then when are they going to wave it? Emotayv dinan, bafikashav, they're going to end up waving on Motei Shabbat. And then since they're waving on Motei Shabbat, which is the next night, if you have a thing that you always wave, no matter what, then people are not going to know why you're waving on Saturday night. Are you waving on Saturday night because it was supposed to be last night, but it was Shabbat, so you moved into this night? 
Or are you waving on Saturday night? Because that's the real time. So if you wave it on that time, you, it's going to be confusing. And therefore, we have made a thing that we only wave it on chaser months. On months that are malay, we do not wave at all. And this way, we know. The Amr Amah. If you say you do it all the time, Atu, they're going to make a mistake. Limiti, they're going to make a mistake. Amri, they'll say, Hai chaseru. Vahai dilo avid me'etimol. Mishum dilo avshah, they couldn't do it. Or dilo malehu, or maybe they'll say it's full. Who's going to have to do it? And they're doing it in the time, therefore they won't know. And that's why they know what to do. Says the Gemara on the top of Chavkimol, Vileved ben amale ben amachaser. Why don't you do it on both months? And when it comes out the 29th day on Erev Shabbat, what should you do? Then, you won't do it at all. We don't do Motzei Shabbat. We do it on the full ones. Meaning, if you don't do it at all on the... Let, let's say it comes down on the 29th on Shabbat. On Erev Shabbat. So the 30th is on Shabbat. Now the 31st day comes. What if we have a plan that when you... The signal will be that if you do not do it that night... It was a sign that it was a chaser. And if you do do it, it'll be a sign that it's maleh. We lost you. Again, we have a problem. Usually, if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday, everything's cool. Because we could do it on the right night. Whatever the right night is, we're going to do it. Now, hold on. (coughs) I was explaining to Chaim before that there's a reason why we prefer doing it on both nights. Uh, on either night. Right now, we only do it on chaser months. The Gemara would prefer to do it on both. Why would they prefer to do it on both? Because that's much more... Um, accurate. Much more accurate against the coup team. In other words, people can't mess around with you as much. If you do it that night, everyone knows what the story is, and it's much more accurate, right? So we'd rather do it on, on, on that month, but we can't, because we're worried what's going to happen on a Friday night. Friday night, we can't, we're not going to be waving all these torches. And therefore, what are you going to do on the next night? The next night, you're gonna have, if, you wa- if you do it all the time, that waving is not clear what you're doing it for. Are you doing it for tonight or last night? So we're saying, well, why don't we make a thing that whenever it comes out on this type of thing, if we wave it, that means it's tonight. And if we don't wave it, it means it was last night, so we didn't do it. Do it like that? Someone says, no. Even if they do that, they're going to come to make an error. Why? Because Amri, they're going to say, Hi, Maleh, who really was a Maleh. This didn't do it. It means there was an accident. There was, it was supposed to be tonight, and because of the rain or because of something, they couldn't do it, and therefore, they're not going to know what it is. Someone says, why don't we do it only on the full ones and not on the chaser ones? They won't do it. This is something that Chaim told on his own. The problem will be on Rosh Hashanah, you'll end up, if you do it only on the full ones, then you never know when anything's chaser. And on Rosh Hashanah, you'd have to make a two day Rosh Hashanah all the time because we don't tell you about chasers. Right now, the way it works is we tell you when the month is shorter. Tell you when the month is shorter means that on a, on a, on a Rosh Hashanah, when you know that the first one is the real day, you can do a one-day Rosh Hashanah. And that's a, a benefit that you don't have to take two days off of work. Okay? And therefore, in order to get that, we'd rather focus on the Chaser months than the Malay months. Okay, that's Abayi's reason. Says the Mishnah, how would they, this is what we didn't do yet, how would they light the torches? Amar Bihuda, there's four types of Erez trees, because we mentioned Erez. So we have a long here explaining what an Erez tree is. There's four types of eras. 
Erez, kartom, et shemen, ubarosh. These are the four types of, of cedar trees. Kartom, what's kartom? Amarav, ardra. It's the adra tree. I don't know what that is. Dibay, Rabbi Shila, Amri, Mavliga. It's the Mavliga tree. Yiva Amri, la, is Ugulmush. It's the Gulmush tree. Others say it's the Gulmush tree. Upliga, the Rabbi Rabbuna. These rabbis are arguing to Rabbi Rabbuna. The Amar Rabbi Rabbuna, he, Rabbi Rabbuna says, Amri, be Rabbi, they say in Rav's house, Asalamin Erezes. There's not four types of Erez trees, of cedar trees. There's actually ten types of Erez trees. Shemar, we have a pasuk. Eten mamar Erez shita vehadas. These are all different types of cedar trees. So there's more than four, there's ten. Ariz is Arza. Shita Tunana. Tunita. Hadas is a Asa. Et Shemen Afarsima. It's balsam. Birosh is a Barta, it's a boxwood tree. Okay? Tidhar is Shaga, the fir tree. Tashur is the Shurvina tree. Right? So all those things are set trees. Now, says Hani Shiva Hava, there's only seven. Even in the Pasuk, there's only seven. You told us there's ten. Says the Gemara, What are these things? Almonim are elm trees. Almonis, Baluti, thank God for the article, because there's all these things there. That's the oak tree. Almugim is a kisita. Almugim is coral. Now, coral is not a tree at all. Coral is something that grows in the ground. Sorry. Coral is something that grows in the, in the, in the ocean. Right? You know, yeah. these coral reefs. So they're ca- counting them as a type of tree. Seems like the, the, the tree is something that grows like a tree, not necessarily an actual tree. And we're going to actually explain to you how they used to harvest corals. Nowadays, if you harvest corals, the, the environmentalists will come and shoot you. They'd rather kill you than you take one, one thing off a coral reef. In the olden days, they used to actually pull the corals out of the ground and use, the, use them to be able to sell them for major money. Right? So, we can tell you how the old days they used to harvest the corals. Says the Gemara. Well, let's just finish this. Ikid Ami, some say, Aronim Aramim Al-Mugim. Some say it's Aronim, Armonim, and Almugim. Okay? Aronim is Are, Armonim is Dulbi, and Almugim is Kisita. Now, let's explain how we get it. A, a mighty ship can't, ship can't cross the sea. It's a Pasuk. Amarav Rav says, Zu Burge Gedola. This is a, 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 a huge burni ship. Heche Avidi, how would they use it? Mighty Shit Alfe Gavri. They would bring 6,000 men. Petresa Yarkeshata for 12 months. The Amrila, some would say, Teresa Alfa Gavri, some would say 12,000 men. Bishita Yarkeshata, that's a crazy amount of manpower that they're using, okay? Vitani Lechala Adeshikhna. So they would load the ship with sand, Ad Deshikhna, till it goes down to the seabed. So it's, it's in, basically, they have, let's say, a, narrow, a, a very, very shallow area where the coral's in, okay? What they do is they, they let, let's say the thing is uh, tw- 15 feet deep, okay? And there's coral on the bottom. So they have this 20-foot high ship that they're filling up with sand that's making it go settle down to the seabed. Then they have a guy go down, a diver go down, and they, he ties up to the coral reef. He ties many, many ropes, full of, strong ropes of pishtan from the ship to the reef, to the reef okay? 
and then they're going to unload with, with, the, with 6,000 men, they're going to unload all the sand, which is going to make the boat float, float higher, and that's going to rip, up the, rip out the reef from the ground. And they pull on the thing, right? They would tie it up to the ship. They would take the sand and throw it overboard. And as it rises, it'll rip it up. It's worth one for two in silver, which means the coral is worth double the price of silver. Right? That's how, that's how valuable it was to use the coral in those days. There were three ports. Two in Armenian territory. One in the Persian territory. In the Armenian territory, they would bring up coral. And in the Persian one, they would bring up pearls. The same way they would bring up um, pearls from plants. Right? It was the port of the kingdom, which means this was the port that brought in the most wealth in the kingdom. Okay? Says the Gemara. Every pine tree, once we're talking about, once we're talking about trees, we discuss the pine trees. It says, every tree that the Goyim took from Yishalayim, Hashem is going to give it back to him. I will put in the Midbar Erez Shita. The Midbar is referring to Yishalayim. As we know, the Tzion became a wilderness. Anyone who learns Torah and doesn't teach it to anybody, you like a hadas that smells beautiful in a desert that there's no one to smell you. So if you're learning Torah and you're not teaching, you're like a hadas in the midbar. That's one way to understand hadas from midbar. Ikadami, others learn no. If you go to a place where there's no tamidah hahamim and you teach Torah over there, right? you like a hadas the chaviv that everyone loves you which means if you're the only one teaching Torah where you are people are going to be appreciative that you're the only one there and you're like you're like the only you only show in town good woe to the goyim there's no way to, they can't fix themselves because Basuk says Hashem says to replace the copper I will bring gold Instead of iron, I'll bring silver. Instead of wood, I'll bring copper. Instead of stones, I'll bring iron. So those are things that Hashem is going to replace in the future, and, and we'll, we, we will get back much better than we lost. But instead of Rabbi Akiva and his friends, who could I bring? Rabbi Akiva got killed by the, by the Goyim. How can I bring their place? And that's why it says in the Pasuk, I, to, to clean their blood, I will not clean them. Hashem is going to live in Zion. So therefore, uh, uh, killing a rabbi, that's, impl- that's not replaceable. Okay, let's go back to the Mishnah. Mishnah had said, From where would they lift the torches? From all the different places, Says my bet baltan. The last place was bet baltan, and from there they wouldn't move until the whole place was full. What's bet baltan? Amarav Rav says, "Zu bidam." Turn the page. This is a place called bidam. My gola. What's the gola? Amarav Yosef zu pumpadita. Till the whole pumpadita was full of. We're waving it till the whole pumpadita was full of fires. My How does the whole thing look like a bonfire? Tana, we learned. Kol echad ve'echad notel avukabi adom. Each guy would. Every guy in pumpadita 
would go on top of his house with his own torch. So when you see the torches coming from Yushalayim, so the, the mitzvah was that everyone in Pompadita would go under his roof with his torch, and they would all wave torches, and that's why it looked like a, a, a big bonfire. Tanya will enter the Brayta. They would also put on these following mountains. Okay? Some say that these extra ones were in between the other points. Which means they only mentioned five points in the Mishnah. They just mentioned that this Bright is quoting three other places. Okay? Or, or four other places. Some say that those points are in between the other ones, which means that it was really too far to go with these five points, and these were, in, were laced in between. Ikidami, others say, Lahaki said the Others say that the other, these, these four places are on the other side of Eretz Yisrael. And if so, they're going to a different area. According to this, According to this one, each, each, the Mishnah is, is, is describing one path of the lights, and the Brighta is describing the other path of the lights. Okay? According to one, it's a further thing, and one, it's a separate thing. Okay. Amar Rabbi Yochanan says, Ben kol achat v'achat shmona parsot. In between each distance of the five points is, is an eight parasa different. That's about three miles in between. Okay? So three miles in between each thing. You could see a person be seeing a torch three miles away at night. Not a big deal. Kama havaluhu. How much is it all together? Tatim is 32 parsa. Right? Vaha tu vahava. Moore is asking a question. How could you tell me that it's 32 parsa. Nowadays, when you travel from, from, from Harazetim to Bet, Bet Baltan, it's more than 32 parsa. So how could it be that you're telling you it's only 32 parsa if then it was more than 32 parsa? The direct loads, there was direct roads in between. If you would have taken the direct road, it would be 32 parsa. But ultimately, in other words, as the crow flies, it's 32 parsa. But the roads nowadays are much longer because they, they have to intertwine and go around. Dichtiv, as it says, Therefore I will put thorns in your way. And we see that the roads got longer because the direct routes are not manageable. Okay. Says the Gemara. We have one more Mishnah to do. We'll get to the next Mishnah. There was a big courtyard in Yerushalayim. Because we said before, the witnesses are coming from wherever they are. They're coming to Yerushalayim. What do we do with the witnesses when they get to Yerushalayim? Now, if they're coming on Shabbat, they're in trouble. So, there was a big place in Yerushalayim. There, all the witnesses would gather. would examine them there. They would make big seudot there so people would come. You see that this thing of making a big seudah and shul so people come to shul, it's an, old, it's an old story that people come with their stomachs. Even Bedin would do it in the Mishnah. They, they, they want, want the witnesses to keep coming. Seems like it still works. It's Okay? But it's not in the beginning. People wouldn't move there for the whole day. Because the rule is that anyone who goes out of the Tichum, you're not allowed to move from where you are on Shabbat. So the people were stuck there all day, and they couldn't leave the courtyard. Because the halakha is, you can't even move even only four or more. That's all you could go. Okay? 
Hitkinu b'gamliel hazakinu. Ban Gamliel made a rule: Shiu malachim al payim amal kol ruach that they're allowed to go two thousand amot in every direction, just as if they're visiting the town. They're not going to be stuck in their place. V'lo el bilvad. Not only people who came to testify, but the new moon. He made a rule also: if you have a midwife who came to town to to uh, help a lady give birth, then they made, the guy made a rule that she also could go two thousand more in every direction. We don't want her to say, "I don't want to be stuck. I'm not going." She's probably not giving, probably false labor anyway. No, we don't want her to think like that. And therefore, the midwife also has more time, right? If a guy who comes to save someone from a fire. When a gaiasa from an army, when a nahar or from a, a, a overflowing river, when a papot or from a, a, a falling building, all these guys who are coming to save someone, they have the rule like the anshe ha'ir, they're allowed to go two thousand more in every direction. They don't get stuck in the place like everyone else who has to go out of the tchum. Nowadays, if you get stuck out of the tchum, you are stuck. But in but in these exceptions, you're allowed to get out. Ibayu they asked. Bet Yazek Tanan or Bet Yazek Tanan. Okay, the actual Mishnah is not clear if it should be Yazek, which is in, uh, uh, a positive thing, or Yazek, which is a negative thing. Now, the Gemara wants to prove whether it's Yazek or Yazek from the Mishnah. It says the Gemara, Bet Yazek Tanan, Lishnah Ba'alihi. That's a positive thing, Dikhti, Vayazekeo Vayasadekeo. Because the Pasuk says you, 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 clear, you clear it of stones and you, and you ring it. With a fence. That's a positive thing. Or Dilma, bet Yazik. It's a negative thing. As says, Lishna the Tzadahi. He's the guy who's bound up with chains. Amar Abai Abai says, Tashma. Tashma, I'll bring your proof that it's probably positive. Why? Because since our Mishnah says that we used to make Siudot there, so we see it was a positive place. So probably the Mishnah was Yazik, because it's. it's, it's Again, this is a nickname that we're calling the place. We call it Bet Yazek. Now, we're going to house of, we're going to hold the house of positive thing or house of negative thing. So the rabbi is assuming, Abai is assuming, hey, if we're making all these Yudot to make it positive, they probably didn't call it a negative name. They probably called it a positive name, so it's probably Yazek. Dilma says, no, maybe, not necessarily. Maybe it's both, meaning maybe on the one hand, we're, we're giving you Yudot, but we are chaining you in that you can't go. In the, originally, you weren't allowed to go out, and therefore you don't have a proof what what one is. And the Gemara ends that we don't know that we don't know in the end whether it's Yazek or Yazek. Okay, we will stop over here. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.